When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on vocnation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, vocnation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at vocnation. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of WCW Retro. Again, this is Howard Morgan filling in for Stro Maestro, who continues to, you know, bad through some illness, and we're just hoping to have him back here just as quick as possible. Uh, continue to pray for Stroh as he continues to recover. Um, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Chaz Moretti. Chaz, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Yo, I'm fine, Howard. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. It's been a little muggy here on the East Coast, but, you know, we're we're battling through it. Thank God for air conditioning and, and all that stuff. But, you know, we're doing well. How, how did you make out? I heard you have some, like, really bad weather out in the Chicago yeah, area. Yeah, Chicago weather. Basically, you know, the weather's as bipolar as you can get here. It went from uh, being hot to being uh, on the little on the cool side to – Rain to tornadoes and flooding, and then back to the sun coming out. So I mean, it's, it's Chicago. If you don't like the weather, stick around. Twenty minutes later, it'll change. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And you know, I I do understand that you have you know a a special guest with us tonight, and I will um, allow you to handle that introduction if you don't mind of our guest that will be joining us here in just a few seconds. Well, you know, I think in uh, in going along with the theme of our show tonight, which is um, a little incorrect when you first told me about it, uh, I, I think the word jobber is kind of derogatory. Uh, I mean, I've seen those kind of wrestlers that basically build the house for you, being called carpenters, being called journeymen, uh, being called enhancement talent. Uh, you know those those are all acceptable terms. So I think uh, I think our guest um, for this evening uh, fits the truly fits the bill of a journeyman. Uh, he's been he's been all over the Midwest, God, for the last 15 years, and um, I, I think it's only fair that we let him introduce himself. Good evening, gentlemen. Gavin, you out there? Hey, how are you? Yeah. Welcome to WCW Retro. Thank you for having me on. It's my pleasure. 
the name. All right, my friend, give your name up and, and tell us all about yourself. Gavin Alexander, 21-year veteran in this business. Um, what you would call a musical horror film that loves violence. That's all I feel like sharing about myself. How are you? Oh, that's awesome. Who trained you, brother? Who trained me? Well, multiple people over the years. Um, of course, I started off in New Midwest Wrestling in Springfield, Illinois, under the watchful eye of guys like Rip Mystic, Real World Jeremy, Guy Smith, Spencer Powers, gentlemen of that nature. Then I went to 3CW Wrestling, where the McNelson brothers, Mickey and Seamus, they uh, decided to work with me there. Then I went to the School of Smothers in Lincoln, Illinois, and yes, you heard the last name right, everyone, Smothers. I was trained by Tracy with help from guys like Cowboy Bob Orton Jr., um, Shane Andrews, Ryan Howe, John Gresham, Super Crazy, and gentlemen of that caliber. Well, that's awesome. That, that, you know, that uh, it does uh, clear up a lot for our listeners. Um, you're second generation, though. Yes, I am a second generation. Tell generation. us a little bit about that. My father, shoot name, Thomas Jennings, uh, he went by the ring name of Thomas Alexander, and he was an enhancement talent for a lot of different companies, not a jobber. He was a journeyman, and he had wrestled guys like Tracy, like um, Gypsy Joe. Matter of fact, Mr. Moretti told me he found the footage of that. I did. And so those are some of the names that my father had wrestled before he became a cop, then a truck driver. And before a wrestler, he was in the military, and he did um, – Police work. Awesome. Yeah, that definitely gives us a, a great background on you. Um, you know, the first time we met was uh, was down in Sterling, Illinois. You want to tell that story? Sterling, Illinois, for a promoter whose name I shall not mention. Thank God. He doesn't deserve the press. We, as in myself, Mr. Moretti, um, Nikki St. John, Darnock, Grin and Machine, which are very uh, reputable names all through the Chicago area, and myself, we are in a group called the Theater of Pain. Well, before the show even starts, Mr. Promoter Man, I went to the bathroom to get changed into my gear because of some scarring I have that I'm still mentally screwed up from. Um, I was in there changing, thought the door was locked. Promoter man walks in and goes, oh, it looks like someone's trying to get a title push tonight. 
Yeah, let's you, let's leave that let's leave that where it's at. Needless to say, uh, let's cut the let's cut to the chase as they say. We get in the ring and what happened? He got marked. He oh, yeah. got marked. Nikki oh, smacked yeah. the teeth out of his mouth. Grin super kicked him. Darnock did something I don't remember. And then Machine and myself took a couple chairs and we had a ball game. Yep. And all I did was direct traffic. It was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and Chad sat there and ate popcorn and directed traffic. Oh, hell yeah. That's what I do. That's what and I that do. One of the more memorable parts of that evening was the fact that all of us got stiffed on our pay. And especially the gentleman that headlined the show. Who who just passed a couple of days ago? So let's give our condolences to the family of Mike Halleck, better otherwise and better known as Mantar. Correct. Wow, that, that's that, how that, that that's how we all first yeah that's how we all first met. We were all part of Team Mantar, and that was the chance going on that night because Mike Mike wasn't having it. Mike actually, they actually called the police on Mike because he um, he made his point very clear. And when the police arrived, they turned on the promoter and made him go into his pocket to pay each one of the talents something and to give my and to give Mantar at least half his dough, which you know it wasn't all of it, but it was something. And it just goes to show you, folks, if you're going to run, if you're going to do that sort of thing. And you're gonna promise out X and such to the boys. You better make good on it, because a verbal contract is still binding. Oh yeah, especially when um, said promoter man was hiding behind his mother. Yeah, that's what they tend to do. And had his mother go to the bank and get the money. Yeah, that's what they tend to do. It's a it's wow. a. a See Howard, what you're seeing right now is you're seeing you're seeing a little bit of the underside of the uh, the minor leagues of wrestling, so to speak. I mean, there's different. In my opinion, there's different tiers to our business. You know, you have the major promotions like WWE and AEW, and one that makes them major promotions is they have the most money in their budget. Okay, I'm not uh, saying that they're so much better because they're not. Okay. And you got your second tier promotions, which are some have TV deals and some don't. Some are upstarts like WAW North America, which is a subsidiary of a long established promotion in England named the World Association of Wrestling, founded by one Ricky Knight way back in 1994. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the the upcoming July, the July 28th event. Uh, in Tinley Park, uh, as we move down the uh, down the line here with the show, uh, but then you've got your and, and you've got your uh, your indies, and you've got some that are super indies, and they pay the boys very well, and they uh, they demand a certain level of professionalism, which is fine for you know for the scale that they're at, and you have hey, others that are just plain you have others that are just plain indies which basically they run, and uh, it's a hit or a miss as to whether or not things will be run the right way. And then you have what's called shindies. Uh, Shindies are actually a combination of two words, both of which I will not 
repeat in mixed company. But the shindy shows are the ones you stay away from because it's run like garbage. Half the talent looks like they just got out of a meth recovery facility, and nobody gets paid. And that pretty much sums up all the tears in our business. Now, the grand majority of us wow. have started out somewhere within that scale, and we hopefully try to avoid the shindies, but on certain occasions, uh, a promoter will purport himself to be in one of the better categories and actually turn out to be a shindy, and that's what happened in this uh, in on this occasion. But, you know, you all learn from it. You learn what to look out for and what not to look out for. And, I mean, the same goes for talent. There are certain pieces of talent out there, and I use that word oh so loosely, that, you know, claim to be professional and claim to want to be at a certain level and what can I do and blah, blah, blah. And when push comes to shove, they don't do anything. They look like garbage. They don't promote. They don't go to the gym. They don't tan. Half of them don't comb their damn hair, for Christ's sake. But yet they all want to get paid. Not happening, kids. Go buy a ticket. Sit in the crowd. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. 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 No, it, you know, and, and I guess that, you know, it's, it's you know, and not to, 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 to diminish it, but, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it, is, it is a craft. It is a profession. And even at any professional level, you know, profession, you have great companies to work for. You have not so great companies to work for, and then you have companies that really honestly shouldn't be in business, you know, that that, that are so high, you know hiring guys and and, oh, yeah. and things. And, 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 this, the same and goes, the same goes for the workers. Just because you have a name doesn't make you reputable. I mean, there's there's one guy right now that's in a lot of trouble for um, for basically lying to and stiffing um, terrible organizations claiming to make appearances for charitable organizations and taking advance pay and not showing up and giving them the runaround and basically stipping them out of their money. And, you know, I don't wow. care if you're uh, I don't care if you're a fringe member of a bloodline or not, you will get found out. And when you're found out, our business is a very, very small fraternity. You're in deep trouble, my friend. And your daddy and your brothers and your cousins won't be able to bail you out of this one. Wow! Not at the name. Yeah, you know, I mean, he knows who we're. Ta- right now, Nobody knows who we're talking about. This is common knowledge. You know, and and I, and I grew up in, in the construction field. I mean, I've been doing construction since I was eight or nine years old. My dad, you know, my dad was always hustling, trying to make money, and so I, I grew up knowing construction. And you know, in my life, I've worked for some crappy companies, some okay companies, and some really good companies. And, you right. know, and, you know, it's, you know, no difference per se in where, you know, the crappy companies, I would, you know, you get your check on Friday, and it really would be a race to the bank to see whose checks would cash and whose wouldn't. And the first oh. couple guys that got there, yeah, Tell they got their cash. If not, sometimes you had to wait until the following week. To get paid, and you know, so you know, it, tell it, me it, about it. it. I, had, that, I had that happen to me down in Florida a couple of years ago. Everybody got stiffed, except for good old Chazzy. I wasn't about to get stiffed. They gave me the old, uh, we only pay by PayPal routine. I said, go ahead and do it right now. They did it, and then they yeah. tried to cancel it. But I was too smart for them. 
I called PayPal up the very next business day. This was a Saturday night. Monday morning, and I mean 7 a.m. Eastern time, I'm on the phone with PayPal. And they did a check on it, and they determined that based off of what I told them and based off of my reputation with PayPal, which for at that time was eight years running and 100% impeccable, I wound up getting paid. Now, the rest of the boys and girls, I can't speak for because I don't know what happened. But I know a number of them didn't right. get anything. So, I mean, we, we, get, we get all that part. But, you know, getting getting back to our um, to our illustrious guest here, something happened to you recently that still blows my mind. And, and I think the, the listeners need to hear this story. So, you ready to tell it? Yeah, let me uh, – give me a second. But, yeah, right. I'll – story and for people who have weak stomachs do not like hearing graphic descriptions right, let's or, keep it clean though let's keep it clean i'm not saying graphic as in language i'm saying description of said incident yeah no, absolutely go ahead well on may 13th of this year my wife, my son, his significant other, myself, and three of the boys who are in the business with me, well, one is no longer, but we were all sitting there. It was about 1.30 in the morning. We, had, My wife goes to bed, so is my kid and his significant. Me and the guys are in the front room talking about the show that we just got home from setting up the venue. It was the, that night. We're, we sit down, we're watching old match footage and talking business and describing things to the green kid on how things should go in this business. And 2.50 in the morning rolls around and we're all like, yo, we got a show in the morning or in the evening today. Let's get some sleep. Start shutting everything down. Out of nowhere, all you hear is click, click. Pop, 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 pop. My house got shot up. And my tag partner, James Gein, jumped up, grabbed our manager, Vincent Crawley's chair, threw it to the ground. One bullet hit the stud that was in the wall that would have caught Vincent's head. James dove into the dining room and was flipped up the table. I'm actually outside, so that's why you hear an engine running. Um, flips up the table. The shooter misses the table. Our green kid, he tripped. I had to grab him, and I hip-tossed him, literally hip-tossed him, into my wife's tattoo study. He missed, He got missed in the back of the head by three. I get up to follow him. I take a step with my right leg, and I collapse. I look down, and my leg was hit twice. The first bullet went in. My calf area ricocheted off my shin and came out the other side, fractured my shin. 
Now, the second one should have ended my life. Went in through a tattoo on my thigh, was less than two inches away from the femoral artery, which we all know, if that gets hit 30 seconds, if you don't have someone there to stop it, you bleed out, you die. And came out on my inner thigh. I was hit by two 9-millimeter Glock cop killers. The three run upstairs, screaming at my wife that I got hit. I'm yelling everyone, stay the hell away from me. Bullets are still flying. I'm crawling into the study, like literally backwards bear crawling. My blood is all over the place. I get into my wife's study. I lay completely on my back. Everything goes quiet. I'm like, oh, fuck. Pardon my language. Don't tell me everyone got shot. And I'm freaking out. My wife comes barreling downstairs, grabs my Tracy Smothers T-shirt, puts it around my thigh to make a homemade tourniquet. My dog, two-month-old puppy, pit bull and bulldog mix, breaks out of her kennel, runs all through my blood, and lays on my chest. Everyone's on the phone with 911. They show up, tourniquet on the leg. My dog is freaking out, growling and trying to bite everyone near her. Sorry, I'm starting to get a little shook up. I start going That's into right. shock. Take it easy. I start going into shock. They get the tourniquet on my leg. I'm freezing and I start freaking out and then I shake out of it I'm like remember what your dad tells you you ever get carried out on a stretcher you laugh don't ever let them see you cry so they and whatever you do don't start singing knocking on heaven's door for Christ's sake right <laughs> but I uh, I got that one yeah a little DNR humor no, no, no. Don't be singing Bob Dylan or, or God worse, uh, the Guns N' Roses version of, of knocking on heaven's door, because then, yeah, you're done. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I start cracking jokes. I look at the EMT and I was like, hey, is the uh, AC on in the ambulance? Why? Are you are you burning up? No, I'm rolling out of this son of a bitch like 50 Cent. I got shot. I'm cooling on the way to the hospital. All right, all right. Calm down. Family strike. Well, I'm finishing up. Hi. My son yells out, my boy Biggie got shot. I'm yelling out, free Tupac. And I'm laughing. The shooter was still around. He did not see me cry. And they say, I got a twisted sense of humor. Go ahead. Get to the hospital. The trauma nurse looks me dead in the eyes and goes, I do not know how you made it here. You should have died. How much blood did you lose? Enough to cover seven blankets at the hospital. From the front room to the study was a streak of blood. Wow. Um, 
show blood all over me. So yeah, I lost a lot of blood. So did they they treated you and they released you, or did you keep did they keep you overnight? Treat and release. They wow. uh, got they got the bleeding to stop. Um, they put me in a leg immobilizer and gave me some crutches and said, go. Okay. You can tell we're at a ghetto hospital. Okay. I see multiple doctors through this whole thing. One uh-huh. telling me it would be a year if I, or if I would ever walk right again. The other one uh-huh. telling me six months to a year if ever again, and the other one's telling me by December, right? Okay. I'm already moving around. Nice. I was shot May 13th. It isn't even July 15th yet. I was shot under two months ago, and I'm walking. Nice. You got very lucky in one regard. I mean, that bullet that hit your that hit your uh, your your uh, calf and your fever, I mean, that really could have shattered bones, couldn't it? Oh, it should have, really. It was, right. a, it, was, it was a cop killer hollow point bullet. It should have shattered my bone. Now, you got very lucky in that regard. I don't know how, but it hit the front of the shin, ricocheted, and left up by my knee, not touching anything else. Well, it's great to hear that you're up and around and and moving, you know, without much uh, without much hindrance. So, what are your plans for the near future? The minute I get a release, the minute I get released, whatever company is that weekend, I have a target on, and I will be it. Whatever company it is. Oh wait. Well, if I get released, because my doctor's appointment is July 24th, if I get released, what, 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 isn't it WAW North America that weekend? I believe so. So, if I'm released on July 24th, and proved to the doctor completely wrong, as usual, um, I'll see you in Tinley. And that will be known as what type of evening? A night to remember. That's awesome. And uh, if people want to see that, how can they? They need to go to Eventbrite. Order tickets, put in the code ROWDY1 for Mr. Ricky Knight, and come to the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think, um, Howard, if you haven't figured this out, this is not only a true story, but it's also a very elaborate promo. (laughs) That's what professionals do. This was one of the longest promos I think I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, but it kept you know, interested, I'm, I'm glad, Absolutely, you know, and, and I'm glad he's doing well. And he wasn't more seriously hurt because I mean, you know, you were seriously injured. But I'm glad it wasn't as serious oh, as that's it no could joke. have been. Yeah, no, you know, we 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 tend to joke around and blur the lines, but 
that's no joke. I mean, you know, situations no. like this, when they, you know, you read about them, you hear about them, but you, you never think it's going to happen to you or somebody that you know. I mean, that's, right. that's just yeah. Fascinating. You always hear it on the news, and, and it's always somebody else, and then you know, and, and and then it truly hits home. And but I'm glad that you know you you are you know recovering. I'm glad that you know it, so far you know you're proving the doctors wrong, um, which is which is fantastic. Um, you know, and you know we do wish you you know we do you know expect you to be you know at the night of unusual. Um, I'm sorry, night to remember. I'm sorry, on July 28th. We're, you know, looking forward to, you know, to, to, to getting you there. There's nothing before that, though. There's an event of epic proportions south of Tinley Park going on July 15th. Talk about that for a second. WAW North America in conjunction with IWA Productions and Vision, New Vision Wrestling and multiple other entities are presenting a benefit for me. It is called Bulletproof, a benefit for Gavin <laughs> Alexander. That's an appropriate title. To help with medical bills and trying to rebuild my home because we literally grabbed everything and moved out. Like, my wife and I are couch surfing right now. Yeah, it's got to be rough. It, it is very rough. And the thing about it the most, and this, I don't care if people laugh at me for crying about this or not, the luckiest thing about this whole thing, besides the other six getting out, unscathed it's the fact that my wife has not left me through all this we're couch surfing and she's still right by me that's awesome I'm, that's what family's supposed to do in the world well that's great and if people want to buy tickets to um to this benefit, how do they do that? They come straight to the door. It is at 400 East El Dorado, Decatur, Illinois, at the Skywalker International Sports Complex. $15 at the door for everyone over the age of eight. And there's food, there's raffles, there's silent auctions. Oh, wait. Speaking of silent auctions, the package I received today came from um, a Mr. Chaz Moretti. Oh, do tell. It was a suit jacket signed by Mr. Chaz Moretti, who is also the American agent for the Knight family, and he is the British, America to British representative for the Americans going over and working for the Knight family. so uh, Not all of them. Just like, there's just a couple that are in conjunction with WW North America. Let's, let's, uh, I don't want to overstep and, and, uh, and get something out there that's incorrect, but I, I have been, uh, I have, I will be the agent for uh, WW North America talent that will be making 
future trips overseas. All right, continue. Meaning, that's yes. what I was talking about. And this gentleman has appeared on Fightmare over in England for WAW. Is a beautiful seven hundred dollar jacket. Beautiful, gorgeous, custom made, signed by the head of WAW North America, the sole proprietor of the Moretti Agency, Mr. Well, actually, when last I checked, uh, my wife was the boss. I worked for her. Fair (laughs) enough. You know how it is. Don't you tell me how there's not the boss, because you're a liar if you do. Facts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, wrap it up. He has uh, donated a jacket. And the WAW prototype for both the women's and the men's titles. Yeah, the North American Championships, Absolutely. The prototypes. These are the original. Wow. The the OG of title belts for WAW North America, and they're going to be up for auction. Wow. Give me just one second. Business phone. Yeah, hang up on them people. What's wrong with you? Yes, tell them you're busy. That. Tell them to telemarket them some other time. All right. Thanks. Right, yeah. We need to telemarketers. Oh, you guys haven't heard what my wife does at telemarketers. Oh, she drives them goofy. I'll give you a little story. <laughs> you know the ones that call you up asking you if you want to buy extended warranties for your car? Yeah. They made the mistake of, a- of asking my Amy what kind of car she drives. She told them she drives a 1967 Nunya. This color is clear and it runs on and it runs on Kool Aid, on orange Kool Aid. They don't call back anymore. Hey, gentlemen, I have so a two minutes. I will be calling back. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. That's the speaker. Call them right back. Oh, yeah, so what she did was not only did she give them a, a nonsensical description, they hung up on her. She called them back. Talk about <laughs> turning the tables. Well. Needless to say, they don't call her anymore. But anyway, I, I, I digress. Um, all of that sounds great. You know, people, if you're if you're down in the area this Saturday, you need to get over there. You need to get to this benefit. It's a great cause. It's, a, it's, a, um, it's not one of these um, – Goofy ass um, shindy shows that's trying to money grab off a bad situation. It's truly going to help out good people, and, and I recommend uh, that if you're anywhere within that region, anywhere within that that central Illinois, uh, northern Missouri, even uh, even eastern Iowa region, you need to get over to the to the Skywalker Center, which the name always cracks me up because I'm waiting for somebody on the intercom to do his best James Earl Jones, but they don't. And uh, I, I really think you need to get over there and and, uh, 
and support good people. And, uh, you know, brother, I want to thank you for sharing stories because I know that that, um, that little ordeal that you've been through has been very, very traumatic. But I think, the, you know, the more you the more you let people know what happened and you educate people and you you eliminate those he said, she said, you know, nonsensical rumors that always fly around the pro wrestling business, I, I think uh, I think it's better for uh, for you and for everybody involved. So I want to thank you for coming on and and uh, and telling us what's going on with you and what and how you got you know your career and how you got started and uh, what you got planned for the future. But I'd like you to stick around and stay on the panel as we get to uh, the topic at hand, which is basically the guys that build the house, the journeymen, the enhancement talent, yeah. the carpenters, and the Absolutely. only person that could ever get away with the the only person that could ever get away with that derogatory term that we don't like to hear was the Iron Sheik. Because uh, when, <laughs> when Kaz called you a jabroni, you just had a smile. Because he meant it the you nicest just, of ways. What else could you do? What else could you do? Oh, and I, mean, I know there's a call online. You, you can't ask uh, yeah, Mantar anymore because he's gone. But uh funny little story is when Mantar was in the locker room uh during the Attitude Era, and Sheik was still there. Uh, Mantar was actually blocking the monitor they were watching, and uh, Sheik kindly told him, he said, hey, Jabroni Moose, move! Because Mantar wore the, the Minotaur uh, headdress, and so he called him a Jabroni yeah. Moose, which I thought was funny as all get out. And that's a true story. So we got callers lined up. All right, Howard, let's get to it. Gavin, stay with us. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he dropped off, but, he, you know, he said that he would be right back. Um, That's fine. He calls back. We love him, man. He calls back. We don't want to let him in. Too bad. All right. Who's next? (laughs) We got. Let me guess. We got the illustrious Rat Boy. If I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. Absolutely, Rat Boy. What's going on, brother? Uh, my plans have changed since the last 24 hours here. Uh oh. What's happened? All right. Next Thursday, I might be able to join the show. Okay, that's the good news. Good show. Oh, I, I, I thought you, I thought you were calling oh, the good our news. show. Oh, all right, cool. This show. And? Gotcha. Okay, and? because I'm leaving here on Monday. Won't be coming back until Thursday afternoon from Virginia. And what are you doing in Virginia? I'll be doing uh, a little karaoke down there because my cousin's uh, daughter signed me up for this karaoke uh, contest down there. And plus, I'll be working down there for uh, helping my cousin out, cleaning out her storage bin. Cleaning out her storage bin down there. Very cool. All right, Rappa, what's your karaoke go-to song? What's your signature song in karaoke? Don't tell me it's Ricky Martin's She Bangs, because the kid out in Korea already got that one. No, no, no. Oh, okay, go ahead. Very first, this is the very first song I've done. It's my signature song. Plus, I sung it in front of Mr. Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Uh-huh. He did a bit, okay, because he was here in a bar here when I was singing it. It's no other than Teddy Bear by Elvis. Nice. Very nice. Nice. 
Can't go wrong at all. No, I got done singing it. He loved it and all. He bought me a couple beers and a couple shots, Mr. Ted DiBiase. He loved it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ted bought? Yes. You know he made all that money by not buying beers and shots, right? You got to consider yourself lucky. He didn't become a millionaire by buying, let me tell you. He's not Ric Flair. Ric Flair is, you know... Makes a hundred, spends two hundred. Not good. Right. Yeah, he, he he was buying he he was buying these rounds left and right because he was really really known here in uh, Trenton, New Jersey because he he's good at restaurants here in Jersey in Trenton and all this other stuff. He's in good nice. here for a lot of people here. All right, bad boy. We're gonna get to the, we're gonna get to the subject at hand before Howard lets on more callers. One person. One guy that always, whether it be on local television, national television, one guy that was the best at making every opponent that he was with look like a million dollars, who would you pick? Oh, who would I pick? That's a hard question. Okay. All right. I'm going to say no other than it's got to be The Rock. So The Rock's a jabron? Oh, you heard it here first, folks. We're we're, we're talking a little lower down the car. Not the guys that build the house, not the famous guys. Oh, okay. 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 I got a good one, okay? He, he lives right. He lives right here in Philadelphia. I said the blue meanie. Yeah, yeah, that the meanie was was good at making everybody else look like a million, and then got and got himself over in the process. That's awesome. I tell you what, there's a guy I'll pick that has been around God since the the late fifties, early sixties, all the way through the late eighties, and I mean in the AWA he wrestled everybody. I don't care if you were a baby face, a heel, on the way up, a world champion, on the way down. At some point, you stared across the ring at Nacho Barrera. Nacho, to me, was probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest enhancement talents ever to get into the ring. Wow. Yeah. There's another guy, too, that was on my mind. Okay. All right. S.T. Jones. Oh, S.T. Jones When you started with the Philly guys, I, I thought that's where you were going. I thought you were going with S.T. Jones. Um, you know, and then we, you know, you know going, back to the, going back to the Midwest, you had guys like the sodbuster Kenny J, rest in peace, who actually uh, fought Muhammad Ali at the International Amphitheater as Ali was preparing for his match with Inoki. And uh, it was Kenny J, and it was Buddy Wolf. And they all took turns with Ali that same evening, and so that was uh, that was something to see. Uh, another guy would be George South. You know, whenever they had TV in Atlanta, they, they used to, you know all the all the top guys used to fight over who was going to wrestle George South because George always made you look good. Um, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I've heard Rick Flair refer to George South as saying that you know George South could make it you know a a moth look good. In the ring, oh, yeah. he was just that good. And oh, he was yeah. one of, you know, one of Rick Flair's you know, favorite, you know, 
performers. He always wanted to wrestle George as he did. And you could see it in in their matches that they had. They had great matches. And, yeah, George South was my my number one guy that, you know, when, when you were saying, who you know, who was number one, George South was the first name, you know, that, that comes to my mind. You know, and, and just to, to, to go along with this idea, uh, there were two guys that started out as pure enhancement talents. And because of the, the quality of their work uh, during those type of matches, they actually got a Crockett Cup booking, and that's what, those were the Monkey Brothers. Man, the you, Monkey you, you are, were renegated to them week in and week out. But they were, you know, they yeah. got everybody so over that they wound up getting a, um, a shot at the Crockett Cup, and if I'm not mistaken, actually made quite a little run through that tournament. No, they, they yes, they did very well, and I remember, and I I can't find the YouTube video. Maybe maybe it doesn't exist, or maybe it didn't happen. But I I think I remember one of the Multi Brothers beating Hawk from the Road Warriors on a on a I don't know if he tripped or coming to the ring or something, but it was a real quick. I don't know what, if there's interference involved. Something happened, and it just it infuriated Hawk because it was like a Quick one, two, three, and, and I forget which one of the multi brothers it was. They kind of they they got out of the studio, and but yeah, when, when those guys, especially when they wrestled the the bigger guys like the Road Warriors and you know like the Warlord and the Barbarian, they it just yeah. seemed like they got the yeah. snot kicked out of them because they were just so yeah, thin. They know, couldn't weigh more than you know 180 pounds, if, if, you know, soaking wet. But another gosh, guy they were coached that did a. Another guy on the East Coast that did a hell of a job for a lot of years was Mario Mancini. I mean, Mario could could go with anybody and make him look phenomenal. You know, Mario Mancini, I think of Jose Luis Rivera, you know, from the early 80s, you know, into the 80s. Yeah. Kind of area. Yeah, the funny part about going along and and talking about those East Coast guys, a guy that was widely known for for this type of work, but what people didn't understand is, he was the talent agent for the WWF and then later the WWF prior to the Attitude Era. If you wanted to make the main roster, so to speak, you had to go through Johnny Rods. Johnny Rods yes. was, was yes. Vince Senior's. Yes. He was Vince Senior's uh, scout, basically. I mean, he would wrestle yes. at Madison Square Garden against a, an up-and-comer or against somebody that was, you know, looking to, to get – um, to move up the card, and if you got past Johnny Rods and you looked good against Johnny Rods, then you got you made a move. And if you didn't, you were on your way out. So I mean, you know, what people, what what the fans don't understand is three quarters of the enhancement talent are good enough to be top guys, but you know Absolutely. maybe it looks not right, maybe the timing's not right. Maybe they don't want well, to. Uh, uh, Maybe they don't like one. the idea of just working on the weekends and and staying home, you know. Uh, right. So I mean, I in, in that regard, go ahead, brother. All right. No other than John Cena because he did give a lot of people a push. He gave Sheamus the push. You know, for as many yeah, for as many championships as he's won. I, I can see your point there. I really can't because, for his, you know, for being a 16-time champion, uh, John has, quote-unquote, done the job on more than one occasion. So I, I can see yeah. your point there. 
You know, I, I really can't. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of guys that before they got their push, they started out as enhancement talents. They just didn't. It wasn't their time. It wasn't right for them. I mean, and you know, it, it happens like that. And one of the guys that's a very uh, a good friend of mine when I see him at the uh, Cauliflower Alley convention and uh, back in 2020 when I did that fiasco down in Florida in Daytona for uh, the NAWA, we actually dragged Bob Cook out of the house to come to that show, and that's doing something because Bob doesn't like to leave the house. And Bob was one of the better enhancement talents in the mid-'90s uh, in WCW. So, I mean, you know. Dusty used to love to use Bob on television because Bob can go. Bob can make people look good. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it's not trying to tear away the the fourth wall or the or the the curtain or you know so to speak is, but if you didn't have capable guys in every match that knew what they were doing, that knew how to engage the crowd, you wind up with the with a very boring match that just doesn't do anything. Uh, it, you know, the sport value, fine, but for the entertainment part of the sport, doesn't do a whole hell of a lot. So, I mean, I think, you know, guys like this were invaluable. And one thing that Dustin Rhodes told me when we were sharing the locker room together is back in 86, uh, the NWA's roster was so deep that the enhancement talents on up could have all been top guys anywhere else. I think no, that's absolutely. a credit to yeah. I think that's a credit to Jim Crockett. I think it's a credit to Kevin Sullivan when he was booking, to Dusty, Cornette, or anybody else that had a hand, Rick Flair, or anybody else that had a hand in, in booking um talent for that promotion. And notice I didn't say Jim Hurd or or uh or any of the later guys because they all sucked. Yeah. You know, and, and another guy that comes to mind, you know, when I think like you said that, that that not only could could work the match, but could entertain, you know, the the crowd that was there is, you know, the the self proclaimed, you know, greatest Canadian athlete in Iron Mike Sharp. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, the, the strange part is when um, when Hulk Hogan first won the title, uh, either his very first or his, or one of his very first, uh, quote unquote, feuds was with Iron Mike. Because Iron Mike, you know, knew how to get a crowd going and knew how to push him as a champion uh, to being better than he was when he first came in. Right. Yeah, I, I, I always liked Iron Mike. Like, I thought he was great. Yeah, I, I got to go. go. In ring. Go ahead. Right, okay, it's no other than my friend, okay, a buddy of mine, the one that got me. In the ring with Superfly Snooker, no other than Salvador Sanchez, Tom Brandy. Oh, Tom Brandy was phenomenal. Tom Brandy was great. Tom Brandy, you know, Tom Brandy in and of himself was a great tag team wrestler. Uh, I, I really enjoyed his work as a tag team wrestler. I enjoyed his work as Salvador Sincere. Um, I think it was wrong on Mark Merrow's part to try to embarrass him in the ring and try to um, to belittle him using that term that I can't stand. Because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, Mark Merrill was, uh, was a shooting star. He was there for all of a minute. And I think he's realized yeah. that now 
that he's a, that he's a motivational speaker, but you know, everybody does the job at some point in their career. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't Mark do the job? Or no, uh, Bam Bam did a job for Lawrence Tate for uh, for Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence for that did. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he I mean, and he got you know a bunch of kudos, you know, from from what I'll call the boys for for doing that for. Because, you know, let's be honest, Bam Bam could have just clearly taken his head off anytime he wanted to. But, you know, he oh, did, absolutely. you know, like you said, he did the job. He did what was best for business. And, you know, you know to him for I don't care if you're at the very top of this business or if you're at the very bottom. Every last one of us that calls ourselves a professional has done the job on more than one occasion. It's part of the business. It's a part of what you do. Right. You know, yes, if, it, it if it was a if it was a a straight shoot, well, then it wouldn't you wouldn't have the uh, the suspension of disbelief, and you wouldn't have the magic that is professional wrestling. So I mean, right. you know, anybody that's so full of themselves, oh, uh, I, I'm not doing the job. Great, go home. Or better yet, go buy a ticket right. to the crowd because you don't belong behind yeah. the curtain. You don't belong where we are. But I think Tom yeah, Brandy got a real bad rep, and I don't. And again, there was a, you know the the term that came to light, which is like saying the you know the name Voldemort, and that's Jobber. I don't like it because the guy that you know the guy that actually called Tom Brandy a Jobber on TV was a Jobber himself. He jobbed out mm-hmm. to his own wife for God's sake. So I mean, right. get over yourself. Stop. And I think that's a, a lot of yeah. uh, the problem, you know. Eagles yeah, get involved. Tom Brand, and, and now, now Tom Brandy is uh, betraying the Patriot now. Yeah, I, I, I saw that that, uh, that that Del Wilkes' family has uh, entrusted him with the to continue on the gimmick, and I think that's awesome. You know, another yeah. guy that that really embraced a gimmick that could have just been the, the burial of his career, but it wasn't. Was Matt Bourne as Doink the Clown? Right. You know, I know there were there were many other Doinks after him, but yeah, there were many other Doinks after him, but but uh, but Matt was phenomenal as that. And you know, another guy that we overlook as being an enhancement talent or a carpenter or you know, worse yet, a jobber that was you know he made a career out of it and got himself a nice couple of runs, but he was there to to mentor young talent. In fact. Um, he was one of the ones that mentored the Rock when he first started. Was uh, Steve Lombardi? Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's that was my my next my next guy on on my list that I quickly compiled was you know Steve Lombardi. You know, and he's gone by so many you know, insurrections. The Brooklyn Brawler, you know, just and he, I mean, he, I think he was with WWE twenty five or twenty six years or something. I mean. Just a very long time, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, in, not in only a business a where you can last, you know, in a business where you can last twenty six minutes. I mean, to stay with a, to stay with basically the main company for twenty six years is a testament to your ability. Yeah, absolutely. And another absolutely, one is, know, and, and another one is, no other than Dilberg. Yeah, Dilberg. Wayne's done. Dwayne's done good work. I mean, you go down to Florida and you had you had a number of guys that were you know that that were uh, 
could have been top guys everywhere else that wound up uh, staying in, in the territories. I mean, um, Charlie Cook from Tennessee comes to mind. I mean, he was uh, not pushed. He got a title shot every so often. But, you know, he was another guy that made other people look good. I mentioned Nacho and Kenny J up in up in the AWA territory, but there were a lot of others that were up in this territory that made people just, you know, look like a million. You go off to the West Coast and uh, Gene LaBelle, I mean, come on, Gene LaBelle made, he made more people famous than I care to count. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a fitness category, okay? He was there for a short time, and that was it. That's the guy with the um, the one-legged guy, Zach Gowan, whatever his name is. I've worked with Zach Gowan on three different occasions. And, I mean, what Zach does in the ring with one leg is is – Ten times better than guys with gigantic egos that have two legs. Right. I, I like the guy. I like that guy. And one of the guys, and, and that, one of the guys that I refer to. I never because, met him yet. I never met him yet. Yeah. I, I so seen that's him a great guy. One I of the guys that I refer to. Let me real quick. I need, only, I, need to, I need to correct something that I said earlier that um, I just I just pulled it up. And in May of 2016, Lombardi was released from the WWE, ending Lombardi's 33-year career with the WWE. 33 years with the company. 33 years with awesome. the same company. <laughs> you know, and then you get there are certain people that fall into this category that are just despicable human beings and creeps and so full of themselves and they don't have the ability and, you know, um, I know it's a very popular children's song, but Shark Boy sucks, and you heard it here first. <laughs> the guy sucks in the ring, and he sucks as a human being. There's um, Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. There's another one. Yeah, I mean, you know, but, but again, the bad are outweighed 99 to 1 by the good. And I, I think it's just, uh, you know, I, I think you get guys that, you know, they've gotten a push for a bit. They didn't get a push, but they're always popular and very entertaining to watch. And um, one of them is my is my wife's favorite wrestler, and that's Sam Houston. Come on, look what Sammy did as a young kid and getting older in the business. I mean, you know, it, it was funny because we were at CAC, got him going back six, seven years. And they always had the they always had the showcase show, and um, you know at one point Sam was matched up with Marty Jannetty, and they put on a clinic. It was a uh, it was a Meltzer six star match, and uh, I thought it was great what they did in the ring. Yeah, I, I always liked Sam Houston. I really did. You know, I, I like watching in Mid Atlantic. Yeah, you know, and, and just the perpetual the perpetual underdog. He was lean and lanky, didn't have a lot of body mass, but you know the, the guy could go. There's no doubt that you know that he could go, you know, and really be a a top talent. As, as that list you were talking about earlier, 
outside of Jim Crockett promotions. I think he could have been a top talent, you know, 85, 86, 87, any, anywhere else. And then you had another guy that was stuck in, his, stuck in his brother's shadow, and in his father's shadow was Kendall Windham. You know, Kendall always yeah. had to always had to go up against, you know, that mystique that Barry Windham and Blackjack Mulligan had, and I, I think Kendall was very underrated. Absolutely, you know, and again, you know, same build, but yeah, he just had that that almost. And you hate to say, it, but he, you know, he 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 was saddled with that last name, and you know, the expectations, you know, were set so high for him that. It, I don't think it was anything that he could ever reach, you know, because you know, every you know, everybody had such high high expectations for him. But again, a great a great worker, a great performer, you know, and you know, yeah. could could make anybody look good, you know, when he was you know, in the ring. Mike Von Erich fell into that same category. You know, Mike had a lot to live up to with David and Carrie and Kevin. You know, it, it must have been very difficult for Mike to to try to to break out of that that Von Eric uh, shadow. Okay. Absolutely. I, 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 got, I got another one, okay? All right. And, and this is the triple one, okay? Two of them made it, but one didn't. The three-man band. Drew McIntyre, Ginger yeah. yeah. Mahal, and Heath Schrader. Yeah, but, and each one made it in their own right, though. I mean, Slater... Made, to me, Slater made it by by living that underdog story. You know, the same thing with yeah. um, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that was the mystique of Keith Slater is that you know his, especially when he went through that that uh, that period where he had the catchphrase, "I got kids to feed." I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was great. Yo, I got kids to feed. I got a house support. You know, I, I got a wife. You know. Between reality and, and, and entertainment, because listen, they're all doing it because they, they have families to feed. They really, you know, every, each and every well, one of them from, you know, from the top guy. There's another guy, that, there's the another guy that, there's another guy that after he left the WWE, uh, made a, is making a great name for himself on the independence. And that's Matt Cardona. I mean, Matt did. Matt didn't let the you know didn't let the his career die with Zack Ryder. I mean, look what Matt's doing no, right not now, at all. working for himself. I mean, the guy the guy's a draw. No two ways about it. No, absolutely. You know, I think, and I like I, think, I like Zack Ryder. I like Matt Cardona. I yeah. I think he's a great talent. Yeah, I think you know. It's, I think what um, what Corrigan's doing right now with. Um, the NWA, and especially the TV tapings, and using a lot of different younger and older talents that you may or may not have heard of, uh, is a throwback to the old days when, you know, local guys could get on TV, on a TV match as, you know, I, um, again, it just makes me sick to say it, as jobbers. But, you know, they got over, they got themselves, ex- they got themselves experience, and, uh, you know, some move forward and some don't, but they all have great memories. Yeah, of the times that they were no, on absolutely. television. Absolutely, you know, and 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 that's what I miss about the, you know, the the the, the, the old territories was getting to see guys that you know whether whether they were, 
they were stars or not, getting to see guys that you normally wouldn't see, you know, really, you know, you know, in your area because they just they they, they didn't, you know, that you know, Jim Crocker promotions didn't really, you know, I mean, they traveled into into Philly and and Baltimore area and up to Boston, but the WWF at the time had a stranglehold on the bigger arenas, you know, in the areas, you know, so you got to see guys that you normally, you know, wouldn't have seen. And they did, they did usually, you know, a lot of local talent guys you may have known or, you know, you recognize, you know, and, you know, I, I, I do miss that. I do miss, you know, the, the enhancement talent and, you know, I, I listened to Art Anderson on a podcast. One of his favorites is, you know, none other, and, and he had moderate success in the WWE is that, you know, Jamie Noble, you know, yeah. Art Anderson loved yeah. working with Jamie Noble. The guy, the guy could work in and out. He, you know, he, he was a little bit smaller, that, but, you know, that he, leads he to my starting to a point we need to address next is a lot of these guys that were the enhancement talents are probably some of the finest trainers and best minds in the business right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. Jamie Noble is number is one of them. Al Snow is another. These guys are geniuses, and they know how to teach. They know how to convey all of this to young talent. Whereas I'm you might get a guy that, right, and Mario person. and Paul Romo, what they do over at, at PAPW, I mean, you know, Gangrel and, and the stuff that he's doing down in Florida with CCW, I mean, these are just, these are, Andrew Anderson, who's been around the world and then some, but these are the guys that know how to pass on the skills and the mindset necessary for the next generation to to keep going and to, and to do things, I shouldn't say the right way, but the old school way. I mean, come on, this this sport, this business, this piece of entertainment has been the same general premise for the last hundred some odd years from when it first started in the carnivals. No, yeah, you're right, and and, and I liked the the old school, you know, mentality. I like the old school look and feel to, you know, the, you know, to the matches and, you know, maybe a little bit lower production value because, you know, they didn't, they didn't have all of the money that they, that they could generate now. You know, um, actually I, I have in the background, I have Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling on from 1986. And it's, okay. Uh, Jimmy Valiant and Manny Fernandez against um, the Barbarian and Superstar Billy Graham in a high school gymnasium. Right. They're, they're right. literally in a high school gymnasium, probably 500 people maybe there. You have four stars of the time in a, in a high school somewhere. I didn't see where it was, but you, you just don't get that now. And, and they're putting on a, a, a really good match in a high school. Now, some guys are like, oh, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not going to high school. You know, I, I, I only want Madison Square Garden or nothing. And like you said, right. yeah, another, another, another guy from that. The Madison Square Garden and watch it. Yeah, another guy from that era that gets overlooked a lot is Pez Watley. Pez Watley. I love Pistol Pez Watley. I love Pistol Pez Watley. 
He he broke my I heart when he turned on, on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. Who you got, Rat Boy? Okay, no other than, okay? He started as a jobber, but look at him now. Mr. Dean Ambrose. John Marley. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. You, you could say the same thing about the Hardy Boys. I mean, look where look where they came from. And, and, and wait a minute, wait a minute. And plus, look at Roman Reigns and Jeff Rollins. They're all big timers now. They were all jobbers at once. Look at them. Oh, definitely. Definitely, those are all good choices. Yeah. I mean, but you had you know you had like you said go back to the to the Mid Atlantic days and you had Pez Watley. And you had, you know, and Jimmy Valiant transitioned uh, from a main eventer into an enhancement talent to a guy that was there to put other people over. Uh, mm-hmm. Another guy that comes to mind from Florida is Fidel Sierra. I mean, Fidel Sierra wrestled just about everybody back in the 90s. And, you know, yeah. it didn't matter. They put him under a hood as the terrorist, or they put him under a hood as this guy, or they rest, or they let him work as Fidel Sierra, or they let him work as the Cuban assassin. I mean, the guy was just there to to, to make everybody look better and be better. And, you know, and, and again, I've listened to him at CAC, and I'll recommend CAC to any young talent if they're smart enough to listen to the old guys. They're going to go out there and just, you know, get in their own heads and, and not want to learn and listen and go to the seminars and, and really, you know, get a feel for where our business was to where it is now, I mean, you're you're wasting a valuable opportunity. I mean, we, you know, I first right. started going, we sat around and listened to guys like Dick Byer, the Destroyer, who was no, who was a main eventer anywhere in the world, but just to listen to him and get his wisdom, and Cowboy Bob and Ken Patera, and uh, another guy that I miss dearly is Brickhouse Brown. Brick was awesome. Oh, oh, yes. that's an old name. You know, and such a nice yeah. guy, great guy to talk to. He was Brick would spend hours with you, talking and critiquing and and going over what he thought was good and what he thought could have been improved. You know, the one thing about Brick and and my wife will attest to this: you never heard him word, use a negative word or the word bad. It was always this is good, this is what could be improved, and you, you just couldn't help but respond. Right. No, okay, I got a real you know. good one. I got a real good one. Okay? No other right. than, than a one, two, three kid. He was a jobber, but he, but that first night that he was there, the one, two, three kid came to his spot right there and then. Yeah. And that's how you, you know, back uh, then, that's how you learned. When it was the on-the-job yeah. training. You went from... You went from town to town, and you put up the ring, and you tore down the ring, and you you got your butt handed to you, you know, four or five yep. nights a week, and you learned. That's how you learn the business. That's why these guys That's are called. That's why these guys are are called workers. They're called hunters because they're they're learning their trade. Absolutely. That's how and I, I learn. That's how I, I learn. I've always been. I've always been more. You know hands-on learning than, you know, learning from a book or, or anything. And, and I, and I imagine pro wrestling is no different. You know, you can watch all the videos you want and listen to all the promos and, and read all the books. But until you 
step through them ropes and actually do it and get that on the job training, you know, it, it's completely different. It's, you know, you, you need that, you need that experience. You need that, you know, that breaking in period. And, you know, and that's why, you know, I kind of wanted to, to talk about this today because these guys just don't get, you know, like we, I talked to you earlier about Chad, you know, these guys definitely, you know, have earned the respect, you know, of, of their peers, and, and they deserve it. They deserve to have, you know, you know, us talk about them for just a few minutes because we wouldn't be, I say we, the, the business wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for these guys, you know, doing what they do night after night, you know, after night, and I mean, the, the role that they had the, the, and, and the position that they had. The basic formula of television wrestling has not changed. Television wrestling ranges anywhere from a half hour to three hours, and it is nothing more than an infomercial to sell tickets to the next big show. Now, back in the old days, in the territory days, it was to sell tickets locally to the shows that ran monthly or, in the case of the the southern promotions, weekly, okay, in different towns in the territory. So you'd have television on a Saturday morning, or a Saturday evening or afternoon, and those shows were nothing more than infomercials to build the house for, you know, the the arena events. And it's still the same way. I mean, I don't care if you're watching Dynamite, if you're watching Raw or SmackDown or whatever, they are building to the next pay-per-view. Okay? Now, you've got the Peacock Network, so pay-per-views are included, but you're still paying for it. You're still paying a monthly for the service. Uh, AEW, right. they're building toward their pay-per-views, you know, and then if the pay-per-view is no good, well, now you got a problem with television because now you got to go back and rebuild all over again. But, I mean, the same right. basic, again, the same basic premise. They could say all they want about, oh, it's episodic television, it's this and it's that. Nonsense. It's an infomercial to build the house so that people will actually get out of their chairs leave the house, go to the arena, watch the show, or stay in the house, stay in their chair, and buy it on television. It hasn't changed. No, no. Yeah, the, the basic formula has, has, has not changed. Like you said, since the since pro wrestling has been, um, you know, on, you know, on television. I think locally, too. I think locally, too, a lot of the good independent um, promotions capitalize on that through, you know, their means of YouTube and um, and uh, Twitch and, uh, to a lesser extent, TikTok and Reels to, again, to get people interested in coming to their live events. You know, otherwise, uh, why would you want to go? You know, if you don't know... Right. Or have seen the people that you're that are being promoted. Why would you want to go? Right. Yeah. There, there's nothing there to, to to get me there. Agreed. Yeah. You know, and, you got to talk them in the building, or you got to show them in the building. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and you know, I, I was just looking up. You know, we we brought up Johnny Rods earlier. Um, yeah. And like you said, you know, all of the work that he did you know, for Vince McMahon, and I didn't realize, or, or maybe I did and I forgot about it. I mean, he's actually in the WWE Hall of Fame. He went in in 1996. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and again, when Vince Sr. needed to have a talent evaluated to see whether or not they would just bring him in on a one-off basis or if they would keep them on the roster, they put him in with Johnny Rods. And Johnny Rods yeah. would give the – he would give the – the critique at the end of the match. This guy's worth it. This yeah. guy's not worth it. And, you know, I, I'm just, and, I'll, and I'll give you just a couple of the names we talk about, you know, these guys training other people. I mean, Johnny Rods, you know, trained Damian Demento, Tommy Dreamer, both the W boys, Bill DeMott. You know, um, he trained S.D. Jones, Matt Stryker. You know, there's there's a lot of guys on here. You know that that he's trained that that went on to, you know, I don't want to say bigger things, but went on to be names, you know, in the business. That hadn't it not been for a guy like Johnny Rods and, and all these guys, the George South that we talked about, and you yeah. know, well, I mean, you know, Rat Boy brought up Rat Boy brought up Moxley. Well, John Moxley yeah. is the first one to tell you. Thanks God every day for Cody Hawk. Now, Cody Hawk may not yeah. be a uh, a household name, per se, to the average fan, but to those of us in the business, Cody Hawk is a hell of a trainer and, and a great yeah. mind for the business. You know, you look at uh, yeah, the people that he's trained. Moxley is probably the most famous. Um, Shauna Reed was another that, that trained with Cody Hawk that is doing great things on the independence. I mean, like, every time I read a one of her posts on Facebook, she's always going back and forth to England and Scotland and uh, all over the world. You know, and it's a, again, that's a credit to her talent to her training. Absolutely. You know, and what Absolutely. what keeps a guy like me grounded is the fact that I have a, a live-in uh, mind for the business that'll critique my every promo, my every move, and tell me what's good and tell me what's not good and. Tell me if it, you know, if, if this would get, if this would get the crowd going, or if it just plain sucked. And that's my wife. And my wife says, "I'm not the business. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in the business." Yeah, well, she's got a great mind for it. And yeah, I understand that part. You're the queen of the run-ins. Now shut up. <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> no, it didn't work. Sorry. <laughs> See, guys, that was an example. It didn't work. Nah, it just didn't matter. Part of the church didn't get over. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I, I joke got, around. I got a good one. You always got a good one. Give me a great one. Yes. What do you got? This, this, this is a great one. This, this guy I, I I like. I wish they'd bring him back. Okay. It's uh, Shadikuri Morella. Palomo. Shadikuri Palomo. Yeah. Yes, I am. Well, wait a minute. Sal Balomo, didn't he pass on? I believe so, yeah. I'm, I'm looking him up now. Yeah, Sal passed on a couple of years ago. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, yeah, Sal very, passed on. Very, very, for, 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 for a bigger guy, very athletic guy. I remember watching him do cartwheels yeah. and... I know like, Steve Logan's probably listening. Getting off his feet. Oh, yeah, I, I know Steve Logan's probably listening, and... You know, we don't hear about as much from Japan in terms of these type of, of workers, but there's a guy that comes to mind that is that's been considered a comedy talent in the United States, but he's he's just a great worker and he knows how to how to get the most out of people and that's Kiko Taro. 
Kikwataro is awesome at getting the most out of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little unfamiliar. He had a nice run with TNA for. He had a nice run with TNA back in the mid 20, uh, 20 teens, and um, he's based in Tokyo. And again, you know, okay. when they need somebody to when they need somebody to evaluate young talent and see if they've got it to go further, they put him in with Kikuchado. Nice. I had the one guy that I talked to once in a while. He's nowhere than Bobby Store. Yeah. Yeah, I got him yeah, on Facebook. Definitely. I talked to him once in a blue moon. I got him on Facebook. Yeah, no, definitely. Bobby yeah, Starr is one of those guys that, yeah. you know, you'd see him on television, you know, who's going to kick his ass this time? But he was there week in and week out, you know, and yep. guys would cycle through the territory, but as they cycled through, they faced Bobby Starr. You know, they faced uh, Nacho Barrera. They faced... Kenny J, they faced uh, yeah, they faced Mario Mancini, they faced uh, SD Jones. I mean, you know, you, you take a look at the list, and it, and it just goes on and on. And then you get guys like you know that one fool that that Dusty booked that time and gave him the name Wee Willie uh, Wilkins, and the guy the guy actually tried to no sell and stand up to the to the skyscrapers, and I mean they beat the tar out of him. Oh, yeah, I remember. He got, yeah, in, the, he got he, in the back and Dusty uh, wanted to kill him. <laughs> well, the, 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 speaking know? of getting the, the snot kicked out of him, um, uh, there was a young kid um, from Tough Enough, uh, it, uh, Daniel Puter, Puter. Yeah. Um, I just watched a, um, a YouTube video on it, and he was he was kind of disrespecting the locker room. Um, and it was a Royal Rumble match, and he happened. It, I think it was. Um, I want to say it was like Hardcore Holly was number one. Peter came out at number two. Dean Malenko came out at number three, and I, I might be wrong, but it might, and Eddie Guerrero came out at number four, and they just beat the tar out of this kid for about eight minutes, and yeah. they threw him over the top rope, and he he quickly left the, the promotion right after that because he. He was just kind of running his mouth in the locker room and, you know, kind of disrespecting a lot of the veterans. Um, right. Know, and right. from what I understand, you know, claiming that he was there to take their spot and their job. And that's, oh, that's, so that's not how to win a locker room over. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, and you, you get guys that have gone on to great things that when they first started out, uh, everybody's had, you know, that type of experience. Are you just smart enough to move on? I mean, The Undertaker tells a great story to Stone Cold about his first match with Bruiser Brody when he was Texas Red and how, you know, he didn't, you know, he said that, that stupid gene that's in the back of your head goes off and you don't understand how things go from bad to worse. I mean, and, you know, Brody had to teach him a lesson. And, uh, yeah. and at one point, you know, he was talking about all the dumb things he was doing in the ring with Brody in his first match and, Stone Cold's laughing his head off, and he says, well, you got Sue Stone. He goes, no, I ain't got no brains. Because you, you, you don't disrespect the older guys. You just don't. No, no you don't. And they had the, the, you know, a couple of the young guys that could go, you know, <clears throat> send a message and say, listen, this, this, this is our locker room. It's not your locker room. And, you know, you will respect, you know, the, the older guys here because they do have, 
you know, things to say they are, you know, you know, an asset to the company and, and to the business. And you will, you know, you will res- one way or the other, you're going to respect them. You're either going to respect them and leave or you're oh, going to yeah. respect them and, and make your way through it. I mean, the, the last thing you wanted to see if you were a young talent and you made some mistakes and you had a big mouth, the last person you want to see on a television schedule, on a television booking sheet against you was Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. Because if they gave you Buzz Sawyer, that meant you did something wrong and you're about to get your ass kicked. (laughs) We got a local guy that that did the same thing for years. Mike Anthony. Mike Anthony was known as the stretcher and the shooter. If a local promotion had a young kid or, or even a vet, an older guy that ran his big mouth and uh, thought he was better than the company or better than the promotion or better than other people. Yeah, the next month he might be facing Mike Anthony. God help him after that because Mike stretched him 12 ways to Sunday. And all the boys in the back knew it. Oh, shit. This guy's got to face Mike. Yeah, Mike's going to stretch him. <laughs> Because you know, there's a guy, there's a guy that I'm thinking of. Okay, he was funny. I love the voice and all. No other than Eugene. Yeah, uh, and again, he ran his own promotion. He evaluated his own talent. Right. You know, he made sure that that uh, what he learned from his experience got translated to the next generations. And that's yeah, basically absolutely. what it is. I mean. It's, are you willing to impart knowledge on the people coming behind you? That's the responsibility of veterans. The problem, and this is just my opinion, the problem now is a lot of, not a lot, but some of the young kids coming up have this entitlement, nonsensical idea implanted in their brains that they know everything that they've invented the wheel 15 times over, and they don't have to listen to anybody. So they go out there and they do stupid things, and they take chances, and they risk their bodies for just insane reasons, and they wind up with a career of three years instead of 30 years. They never learned how to work. They never listened to anybody but themselves and the video games. Okay, there's there's, uh, one upcoming star coming up pretty soon. Okay, he is a jobber right now. Okay. And, Howard, you know who I mean. No other than the ECWA champion, Joey Ace. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, no, you know, again, you know, in – and that's what I love about the, you know, the the independent promotions, the smaller promotions, is you get to see these guys before, you know, they they, they get to the bigger promotions, and you know, and and I've and I've watched one, I was at one ECWA show, and I tell you, what, I, it 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 was fantastic. It was very well run. It was the the matches were great. I watched the the Super Eight tournament, and you know. It was fantastic, and you know to watch these guys, you know, interact with the crowd, and you know just well, Joe Zanoli and those guys put on a great show. I've known yeah, Joe for thirteen you know, years, and they put on a great show. 
they look at you look at the the posters that they have of the guys that have come through there, and it really is almost mm-hmm. a who's who of professional wrestling. And you know, my credit to those guys that that are that are out there, you know, doing it the old school way, you know, and and yeah. still selling tickets and still being entertaining, and you're still getting, you know, a a, a fantastic you know, value for for the money that you're spending. You know, I don't think dollar for dollar, I don't think there's anything better than going to to, a, to an independent promotion and and seeing what they have to offer. I think you know, in fact, you probably get more value for your money by going. Yeah, but an know, independent promotion, Howard, like you do. said, an independent promotion that's doing things right, that's investing right. in their talent. What's they're your not, name? They're not stripping the boys. They're bringing in the right wrestlers. You know what I mean? Right. The yes. one that, and you the can one tell that me caught it was my very eye. well put together. The one that caught my eye, yeah. she was in the WWE for a little bit. That's uh, Dana Parazzo. Yeah, she's at TNA right now, doing very well at Impact. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Let me um, let me take this call real quick and get them, get them yeah, hours. Hold coming. on, Raffle, give me one second. Uh, hold on. Is it connected? 314, you're on WCW Retro. Hello? Hello? Hey, still. Hey, how are you? Doing okay. Well, that's good. Who is this? Kathy? No, this is Tora. Oh, how are you? I'm doing great. So we're talking about people that made out of business what it is. We're talking about the guys that enhance the other talent, that build the house, that, you know, for lack of a better term, we're jobbers. So uh comes to mind when you hear that kind of term in terms of what you've done, uh, seen in, in our business. Uh, I guess it is for good business. Yeah, I've been there for... A long time. Right, right. We're, we're talking about guys that, that help build careers of, of of other superstars. You know, like you, you have, you know, George South and you have Iron Mike Sharp and all these guys that really, you know, made these guys who they were. Um, you know, that you know they they weren't at a at a superstar level per se, but. You know, they they were there, you know, week after week. We, you know, I we've probably seen more of like a Mario Mancini and you know, Mike Sharp and George South than we did in this talking television time altogether than you did watching Hulk Hogan or Roddy Piper on T V because they were there each and every week, um, you know, entertaining everybody and, and putting together not only entertaining matches but good quality wrestling matches. Is there is there anybody that, that you could think that kind of fits at that level that you could say yeah he you know he had great matches you know against a a Hulk Hogan type of of wrestler or Ric Flair or Dusty Rhodes but he wasn't quite at that level as far as you know recognition. All right, we'll, we'll come back to tour. We'll give her a couple minutes to think about it. And we'll come back. Yeah. But Raffle, you were about to say something. I got another one, okay? How about Jim Powers? Jim Powers? Yeah, Jimmy Powers, sure. 
Jimmy Powers one. And one of mine, going back to the to the Mid Atlantic days, was the Italian Stallion. Yeah, yeah okay. the Italian Stallion as well. Um, you know, here, here's a guy that's been become a viral sensation on TikTok and Reels, and he's a hell of a worker, and he knows the business inside and out, and that's Jack Vaughn. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I've got really a really good one. His videos are I've hilarious. Got a real one. Knows, knows these two guys, okay? The Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, you know, but they bro, were. You call Ricky Morton. You call them jobbers, though. I'm going to tell Ricky Morton on you. <laughs> you're in deep trouble. Just saying. Yeah. I saw Ricky on Sunday. You're in deep trouble now. You're in deep trouble now, bro. bro. Under We talked about the Mulkies. Yeah, you know, we talked about the Mulkey brothers. You know, I love them. Um, we had, I don't know that the Rock and Roll Express really fits into, no, into no, that that's category. Oh, but remember the Ding Dong? That was a great talent. But, oh, gosh. <laughs> that, was a, that was a Jim Hurd creation. Two guys <laughs> with one okay, of the time they got in the ring. How stupid. I'm in trouble now with the yeah, Rock yeah, and Roll Express. Uh, you're in, Red Boy, you're up to your eyeballs with Ricky Morton. I'm following him after the show's over. You're in deep trouble. Yeah. Oh, then, then that might be a match. <laughs> oh, my God. That might be a match. See, I like the way you think, Rat Boy. Never give away what we can sell. I got you. Right, right. Rat Boy against Ricky Morton. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah well, you're doing it, brother. I hope you know how to, t- I know you, I hope you know how to take a Canadian destroyer because you're doing the job, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I ain't trouble now. <laughs> Look at Barry O's career. And again, you know, he's in the in the shadow of of his brothers, in the shadow of Cowboy Bob. You know, Barry O is Barry O's. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and another one that really doesn't maybe doesn't pop right to our again, he's maybe overshadowed by, you know, his his brother and his father is Leaping Lanny Poffo. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I, you know, he, I, I mean, told, he had I told him this many times. I told him many times before he died, he was a better worker than Randy. Lanny could go. Randy was great, but Lanny was just as good. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I thought his in-ring, he was very athletic. His in-ring work was great. You know, had a pretty good build to him. You know, and well, I just, you guys you know, remember, it, you guys remember the Battle Royal at WrestleMania two, where they had, you know, yeah. a, a bunch of the, a bunch of the boys. They had a bunch of football players in there. Well, there was one football yeah. player that, unless you were a real astute fan of the sport. Back in the 80s, you wouldn't recognize him because he used to compete in the off season. Was Russ Francis? Russ oh, Francis yeah. was, a, was a wrestler. You know, they put him really? in there and they, they taught him as a yes, absolutely. His father ran Hawaii before Leo Maivia did. His father oh, and Lord James Blears ran Hawaii. Russ Francis was an up and comer. 
Do I That's who they were, the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And that's how I remember was William Perry. William Perry. Yeah. And John Studd taught him how to sell. John wow. Studd actually, actually did a lot of the, the training with William Perry. But the one guy, and if Andre picked you out in the Battle Royal to work, that means Andre respected you. And Andre uh, won televised Battle Royal, picked out Lanny Popple to work with him primarily. I mean, he beat the crap out of Lanny, but again, like you guys said, a testament to Lanny's work, that Andre picked him out to be his quote-unquote partner in that Battle Royal. And in that in that yeah. WrestleMania two Battle Royal was Russ Francis. Russ Francis and Andre won at it. Could we put another football player into it? Like Lawrence Taylor? Lawrence Taylor was kind of a one-off, but let's put it. Let's put a real football yeah. player in there. Let's put a guy like Bob Roop. Bob Roop oh, was a hell of a yeah. I mean, Paul Orndorff. You know, didn't mm-hmm. didn't really go far with the with the New Orleans Saints and the Falcons. How of a look what happened to him as a wrestler. I mean, that's a that's a whole other show. Damn, we've got I mean, I think we. I think if you guys are in agreement, I think we get we can use that as as next as next week's uh, topic. Football players that became wrestlers. I think. I think it's not the same. Because there's a whole bunch of different yeah, athletes we'll, there. You know what I'm saying? I think. Yeah, so if you, got, if you guys are in agreement, we'll do that next week. We'll make next yeah, week's yeah, topic: no, we'll football do, players that do. became wrestlers. Yeah, that became yeah, that became pro wrestlers. Absolutely. There's a lot of them. Now, I, don't know if we, you know? I don't know if we mentioned them tonight, um, but and, and maybe we did. If we did, I apologize for mentioning them again. But that's you know Barry Horowitz, Brady Peck, yeah. Brady Peck. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's Brady's guy. You know, I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back. We had a big handprint on the back of his head. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, and again, you, you take a look at at these kind of guys. They can do double and triple duty. They can work as themselves. They can work under a mask. Um, you know, a lot of, not a lot of people know that Jose Luis and uh, and Johnny Rods were the uh, were the conquistadors. Yeah, I'm, gonna mention, I'm gonna mention one name, okay? I'm gonna mention one name, okay? If I don't care, Chaz, you can go back and tell him, okay? There we go. You can go back and tell him, I don't care. He's a Jersey boy just like I am. Andrew Anderson. Oh, I'll see Andrew at the end of the month. He's a great he, exactly. You guys remember that scene in the in the wrestle where they were all in the locker room, right? Mm-hmm. And they were all talking yep. about the body parts that they were going to work. Every last one of those guys in that locker room, L.A. Smooth, uh, Andy, and a bunch of the other guys, including the promoter, Evan Ginsberg, they were not at that time famous names. But look at the knowledge of the business that they imparted in a two-minute scene. Yeah. 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 And you can put any of the best two minutes that. of that movie, really. Right? I mean, the whole premise of that movie was a fallen star 
that was either was trying to get back a little bit of his lost glory, but in the meantime was working with and helping out the young talent. No, absolutely. Yeah, and and that, to me, that's that's a great move. I think it, it's you know very yeah, I, very I close. You, I, to I got the movie. I there's got another one. My, there's another one that my wife hates. There's you another movie about. Uh, yep. Hold on, Rap Boy. There's on. A, okay. another movie that was a comedy, but it does teach the importance of gimmick and the importance of starting out as as a as a, a job and getting to the heights. And that was the one and only with Henry Winkler. I mean, it was a, a oh. dumb farce comedy. But if you're a wrestling fan. Watch the progression of Henry Winkler's character from just a guy looking to make a few bucks to developing different different jobber gimmicks to finally getting his break in a title match. Yeah. I forgot about that. I mean, it was back a while. It was late 70s? 78, I think it was. I think so, yeah, like I just that. pulled it up. Yep, 1978. Yep. <laughs> yep. Directed by directed by Carl Reiner of all. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was it was you know. The the sad part about these movies though is, they do highlight the darker side or the the sad side of our business, in that a lot of us don't know when it's over or they don't want to believe it's right. over. You know, but again, that goes in any sport. I mean, it, you, you look at boxers that have hung on too long, trying to recapture what they don't have. You know, it's just right. uh, it's just part and parcel yeah, I, of, of anything, any type of endeavor that you become, you have the ability or the, the potential to become famous. You know, yeah, you're, you're on, when the star's on the rise, it's, it's a great ride, but when it's over and you're on the way down, you know, that's when that's when you, you see what you have in, in your character, and that's when you see how well you've treated people before. Because, you know, the old adage right. is the people that you screw over on the way up are the ones that are waiting for you on the way down. On the way down. Can I put this name in? Okay, as a jobber, okay. Bless his soul, he just passed away. Draws. Yeah. 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 It draw, yeah. You know, unfortunate accident. What happened to him? Uh, obviously, yeah. wasn't intentional. Yeah. Obviously, D'Lo had to live, has to live with you know what happened. You know, in terms of of how it's affected his life, as well as Draws' life. But you know, again, you look at a guy like Draws. Okay, he, the star burned out. But he didn't. You know, he no. accepted what and, happened. And, and, and I shared it when, when he when, when he passed. I shared with him when he because he's from he's from South Jersey, and right. you know, I all the interviews post his accident, post everything happened. All the whether it was you know through WWE or on YouTube or wherever you found it, he never once spoke a bad word about the business. Still loved the business. You know, still you know. Very much, you know, understands that he can't be a part of it, but he never talked bad, of, you know, about it and never regretted it, you know, and really just had so a positive light, you know, for the business, you know, as 
as unfortunate as his accident was, never spoke bad about the business. That, that I there was a football player. There was a football player back in the seventies who played for New England, played for the Patriots, and he got paralyzed on a cheap shot hit by Jack Tatum. The guy's name was Daryl Stingley, and Daryl was paralyzed from the neck down. On a cheap shot hit from Jack Tatum in a preseason game, of all things. And Daryl lived in our neighborhood, or lived in my neighborhood. And, you know, Daryl could not function from the neck down, but it didn't stop him from coming out, and he had a motorized chair, never forget this, from coming out to the park and watching us play touch football and just talking with us and, you know, and talking about how it was in the NFL and that sort of thing. And, again, it puts it into perspective. There's a guy who should have been bitter as hell. He had his career and his yeah, life. Had you know, every right to be. You know, yeah. and, and he just didn't. Like I said, he, when I first got into business, and I first started working in Indiana, and I found out at one of the shows that I was working that Nacho Barrera was in was in the crowd. I couldn't wait to meet Nacho. Couldn't wait to ask him questions and talk to him. And the kids I was working with were too stupid to figure it out. And I looked at him and I said, "You can't get you guys have this guy in your in your arena every single month, and you don't talk to him. You don't ask him questions. You don't find out." about how things were, how things should be. And they didn't know who he was. Right. I'm like, are you stupid? The guy's been in with everybody from Vern Gagne up to Hulk Hogan and back again. And that's what I love there's about this. Just the amount of people that they've wrestled, you know, comparatively. You know, we have guys that, you know, Dusty Rose or Flair have wrestled, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of matches, but I bet you if you look how many times, you know, Ric Flair wrestled, you know, George Sal, it probably pales in comparison to, to you know, or, or I'm sorry, it goes above and beyond what, you know, Rhodes and Flair did just because, of, you know, of the amount of towns that they traveled to and, you know, these, these guys were getting to work with all of the town. They didn't just have to work with one guy because that was a few. They worked with everybody. And, and everything that they I were mean, exposed to. And when, when I was a you know when I was a kid watching um, watching the syndicated AWA shows and uh, the WWA shows from Indianapolis because that's all we got in the Chicago area back in the seventies was you got Vern Gagne's AWA and you got Bruiser's WWA. One was on Saturday and one was on Sunday morning. But you know again, and I'll put him over to his dying day. But one of the constants on both of those shows. That you would you knew you were going to see him at least once was Nacho Barrera, whether it be yeah. you know he wrestles right. as, a, as a good guy or a bad guy, depending upon who he was in with. But I mean, you'd see him with superstar Billy Graham, you'd see him with Larry the Axe Henning, you'd see him with Byrne, with Greg Gagne, Jim Brunzel, Hulk Hogan, uh, Bruiser and Crusher. I mean, you know, yeah, you knew. You knew when you when they introduced him, you're like, oh, this guy's going to get his butt handed to him again. Right. You know, he was he was the constant every week. Every week right. we had different stars moving in and out, but, but Nacho was there every week on television. Right, just just like George South was for Jim Crockett and Mario Mancini was for WWE. They were on every each and every week. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes you, know, you, you look would at see the, it twice because it would be it would be taped somewhere, and you get to see, you know, these guys twice almost in a program. 
And you're, diff- you're different guys. I mean, you know, um, I remember seeing, you know, they used, to, they used to video swap, and I remember seeing when they were bringing Bruiser Brody into the AWA, they would show um, televised matches that he had in, in Providence, Rhode Island against the local guys. Or, or in, um, uh, there was another one that he did. It was not, it was um, Joe Blanchard's Southwest Championship. We never saw those matches. And yeah, you saw right. Bruiser Brody in against in against a local talent. Okay, but you know those local talents to me, and maybe I was just a weird fan. Those local talents were as intriguing to me as the stars were. That's every bit. Yes, every bit is intriguing. Absolutely. Absolutely. But but I think that's going you know. to kind of. You know, wrap us up for tonight. We're running, you know, Absolutely. more towards the end of our over, but that's okay. time here. That's fine. Um, Rap Boy, what do you got coming up? Well, I'll be in Virginia, somewhere in Virginia, around Richmond. I know that. You know. All right, so we, so we want to stay out of the Richmond area. We got it. Yeah, in the Richmond area. Just look for, for the guy with the yellow shirt on with, with his picture on it, you know. I'm wearing nice. a yellow bandana. I'll be ripping in town in Virginia this this whole next week, starting on Monday. That's awesome. Very nice. And, and Chaz, what do you got? I know you got a couple of things coming up, as we mentioned. Uh, we, you know what? The main thing we got coming up is a night to remember. Up. Yeah, the main thing coming up is a night to remember. July 28th, Timmy Park Convention Center. Uh, tickets still available on Eventbrite. There'll be some tickets very few available at the door, so uh, you know don't delay. I mean, the, the, the card is is just stacked from top to bottom. We've got Tom Latimer on the card. Camille's defending the NWA World Women's Title. Uh, you know, you got younger guys like Mason Perks, who's an up and comer. Uh, Moondog Murray, Koalaxamana, who just um, had a great TV taping with the NWA. In fact, he had a, a hell of a match against Ricky Morton. Um, he's going to be on the card. Samantha Starr, who's a, a rising, is a rising name in the NWA, and her mother is her manager, and her mother's none other than a legendary baby doll. So baby doll is going to be in Chicago on the 28th. And, and again, the, the card is just, uh, we got the, a local manager that hadn't been around for 30 years that's making a comeback, and that's the Sinister Minister of Fear. So, I mean, you know, and, and then I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that, uh, you know, one of the highlights of the show is uh, the rare opportunity for the Chicago crowd to uh, see the greatness that is Chaz Moretti. I will be there. <laughs> Shut up. Live and in living color, baby. And, and President Andrew Anderson is going to be there. Yeah, Andrew Anderson's on the card. Now, I'm going to tell you who else is on the card. He was going to be a surprise, but I'll let the cat out of the bag. Uh, making his Chicago return after many, many years, the amazing Velvet is on the card. Wow. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and and you don't know, forget, we Velvet's have the ECW gonna... show coming up, Night of Unusual Matches, where none other than our yeah. very own Great uh, Hicks will be inducted into the ECW Hall of Fame, and that's on September 16th. Um, nice. 7 o'clock up in Morganville, New Jersey. 
again, you know, if you're and out there, and you're having a battle royal too. Having a battle royal. If you get to any of these up, upcoming events, I, you know, I, I would highly encourage you to get there. There's a great night. It's a great family night out, um, and you will get some, you know, quality entertainment. You'll get, a, you know, a lot of bang for your buck, as they say. Um, and you know, and then we definitely do need to, to support promotions like Chaz's and Brady's, and you know, all those um, very, I would say, well-run organizations out there. Um, yeah. Because you know, it, it is where you know the, the next stars are coming from, and these guys are kind of honing their craft there. And it's just an incredible night, no matter whether you go to the Tinsley Park in Chicago or you know you're in Morganville, um, wherever you happen to get a, a good quality independent show, I would encourage you, you know, to go out and see it. And you never so know, thank you, you never know, Howard, in the in the future, you, you might see the Chicago debut of the the ultra-famous Rat Boy. I, I'm just saying, don't rule it out. You, you, you listen, and uh, you never say never in the world of professional wrestling, so That's <laughs> right. we'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens. But again, you, you know, Rat Boy, you might be staring across the ring at the Chasmanian Devil, though. You keep it up, you might be across the ring at me. Put me in with somebody. Just put me in for somebody with five minutes. I don't care. I don't care if it, as long as it's a minute in the ring. I don't care. Oh, uh, you and I can go. I'll put you in that ring. <laughs> I'll you, you 12 ways to Sunday. <laughs> I tell you what, let's, let's make it five on five, you know? Let's, oh, let's no. give them you a and old, me, we're going one Let's on give them an old-fashioned Survivor Series thing. Oh, that worked. We're going one-on-one, Rat Boy. Two out of three falls. Yeah, you got, you got to go one-on-one. You can't give everything away at first, Rat Boy. You got to build. Don't Come worry on. about it. It is going to be one-on-one after we get the other four guys out. After we get the other eight guys out. Put it that way. Me and you, you for the VOC Nation World Heavyweight Championship. There you go. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, guys, if you, hey, continue, to, continue to pray for Stroh as he continues to recover. You know, we... Hopefully he gets back here Absolutely. just as quick as possible. You know, don't forget yes. to catch in the room Tuesday nights from nine to eleven, and we'll be right back here next week. Um, it was WCW Retro Thursday night, starting at nine o'clock. We'll be we'll be talking um, football players that transitioned into the world of professional wrestling. And so then everybody have a great and, night. And, 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 um, a great topic. And Absolutely. plus, we got uh, in the room with Brady Hicks. Did a uh, female coming on there? What's her name? I don't remember. I didn't write it down, so I don't remember. I know he has a. He yeah, has so we'll let Brady make those announcements. Yeah. But anyway, guys, take That's care. Have good. a great week, great weekend, and uh, I look forward to next Thursday. Yes, sir. Thank Aero you guys. Side. Appreciate it. Right. There. there you go. All right, everybody right. have a great night. Yep, take care, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey, this is Total Package. Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kazzy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. 
Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Ding, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Please go after, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, if you rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World Wide Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.